British Columbia hosts a thriving entertainment industry that fosters creative production, including feature films, TV shows, and TV movies. This provides actors with the prospect of landing acting gigs ranging from walk-on parts to leading roles. Now, for decades, research has demonstrated that media affect our perceptions of the world around us. Thus, it is crucial that they accurately reflect the diversity of our society. Assessing the diversity of characters in film and television productions is important because it helps to understand what work opportunities are available to performers. Welcome to First Online with Friends. There's no place like art. I'm Fran McGarry, your podcast host, here to open conversations about issues I view as important. Powerful and persuasive media can inspire change, and everyday media can both inform and reflect our social values. Thus, it is crucial that they accurately reflect the diversity of our society. And who would be a more perfect person to talk about this but my guest today, Donna Benedicto, a Filipina, Canadian actress and singer born and raised in Vancouver, BC. Welcome, Donna. Hi, what an intro. Oh, wow. <laughs> Impressive. Well, you know, growing up as an ethnic minority, you decided, you made this big decision to make the switch from full-time singing to pursue acting in 2013 because you saw a gap in Asian representation. That was a pretty brave choice there. And television industry has a unique power to shape public perceptions and attitudes. And like I said, it's crucial that the stories that we tell reflect the diversity of our communities. There is still an underrepresentation, or worse, misrepresentation of some marginalized groups in BC's film and television industry. I'd like to know about your experience as a Filipina actress on the progress that the film and media business is making to address these issues of diversity, race, and gender. What's your story? Well, I uh, started acting in 2013. And back then, we were just kind of, the whole industry was just kind of dipping their feet, really, into getting supporting actors sorry, uh, people of color supporting roles. It, we were kind of, I would call them drive-by roles at that time. Like drive-by <laughs> roles. Drive roles, you know, where you say one thing, you, you, you walk by screen, kind of help the story along. And I really only aspired to be a supporting actor at that time. I, I remember thinking like, well, you know, I would love to start acting and man, it would be great if I could be someone's best friend. <laughs> that would be amazing. You never thought that a person of color, especially an Asian at the time, would be a lead role. It just never crossed my mind, which is crazy. <laughs> you know, we're talking, what, the time span of, of 10 years. Mm -hmm. It's a long time. It's a long time. And, and really, 
I really don't think it would have got to this point if it wasn't for the pandemic and the BLM movement pushing everything along and making everyone pay attention. Really? I, I, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's basically. Yeah, a lot, a lot of I've talked to a lot of people in the industry and they share that thought and including me, because this is how I got pissed off at what was going on. And finally, I had the time and energy to say, okay, how can I use my creative abilities to channel this and address some of the bull that's going on in our country? How did the pandemic have that effect on you? Well, (laughs) me specifically, it basically made everyone pay attention to what was going on because we had nothing else to do but sit around and get on social media, right? And that's how we stay connected to each other. And you're not distracted by work or anything. You're sitting there watching what everybody's posting and seeing everybody comment on it. And in Vancouver specifically, a lot of MOWs are shot here. So those would be the Hallmarks and um, the Lifetimes. And I can't remember exactly when it happened during the pandemic, but I think it was May or June. The actors here went up in arms about diversity and started really paying attention to what was being cast here and all the movies that they've been watching. And they said, well, where is everybody? Where's the diversity in Hallmark? Where is it? And for me, Hallmark was actually the network that gave me the most screen time before the pandemic, which is crazy, right? Like the bigger networks weren't as diverse. What were, sorry, sorry. The bigger networks were diverse, but only with smaller roles. Or perpetuating stereotypes. Yes, <laughs> that too. And Hallmark was actually the first network that gave me more than five minutes screen time, like gave me a supporting role. You don't, back then we did not see, especially dark skinned Asian, because apparently we might confuse <laughs> their audience. So if we're not Chinese specifically or not God Japanese. Forbid. Yeah. Yeah. God forbid they get confused. Like, what is she? I don't know. And distract them from the story. But the Hallmark Network gave me those roles. They gave me the supporting roles. So I had more screen time. And so my argument back then, people were saying like, well, what do you have to say about this? What do you have to say? We're, we're all going to stop auditioning for Hallmark if they don't start diversifying. And for my story, they actually did great for Filipino representation because I got the most screen time on those networks. And and I can also uh, substantiate that because I was in a Hallmark movie and they really opened up the roles to all kinds of looks and types. Mm-hmm. So hats off to them. Yeah, hats off to them. I mean, of course, all networks could do better in that Gina Davis Institute oh, God. study <laughs> on gender and media for the people listening. So the Gina Davis Institute on gender and media, they worked with our union over here, which is UBCP and ACTRA. And they did a study on all the film and TV productions in BC from the years 2018 to 2021. And they gave us a bunch of percentages that were not surprising, but but still pretty shocking when you see it in charts. <laughs> Basically, all the leading roles in those years have been two thirds white. Right. And then even when you just see the the percentages of Pacific Islander Asians and then even the Middle Eastern 
North African people, like we barely make the charts. We barely make percentages. If you see how, how many of us are in those movies and also television productions that are filmed here, we're, we're barely making the charts. They have to group us together. It's crazy. So, wow. wow. Yeah. yeah. Such a long way to go. I'm sure the numbers are a little different now that it's 2023, but it's nuts when it's, it's put in your face and you see it on a chart and you see that your race doesn't even like make a dent. <laughs> so how do you navigate that? Well, for me, I think it's just trying to do your best to be really good so they can't ignore you. Also making relationships. I know some amazing people who advocate for POC actors to be leads and, and push. I know specifically for me, I, I'm friends with a few directors and producers and they're always pitching me. It's the big guys who they have to get to. I think that's how you navigate. And, and I tell all the up and coming actors that I either mentor or meet in class and whatnot. To just you got to train. You got to train, 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 train. Get very, 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 very good because they're going to have to use you. If you're talented enough, they're going to have to use you in, in their stories eventually, you know? So we just got to keep going. I just had a self-tape audition for a feature film supporting role. You know, when you do the self-tape, you could probably relate to this. You're like, oh God, you know, I could have changed that. <laughs> and my husband reads the opposite lines. My husband is a physicist. So there's- oh. no <laughs> How is he as a reader? And he, yeah, and he'll say, you know, that was good friend. All right, so <clears throat> I kind of trust him. Send it in, but what I do is I wait the week after, and I watched it again. To your point, yeah, yeah, you did it. You made choices, and yeah, I'm a white seventy-something-year-old uh, woman. Yeah. I would never guess 70. Okay. <laughs> you go, <And>, Freddie. <laughs> okay, good. Done. And, you know, to your point, when they say a 70-year-old, I, I don't get the audition. Mm-hmm. They're, they're perpetuating a stereotype. You know, yeah. so it goes, it's got to be harder for you. Oh, yeah. But it goes, <sighs> it goes both ways. But my point is that you got to project who you are. Mm -hmm. and what you are you know so how do you get over that hurdle (laughs) I really think it helps to just not focus on self I feel like when your focus is on something that's bigger than you something that's for me it's it's for the little girls some a lot of white people can't relate they don't know what it's like to grow up and never see yourself on tv and I know what that felt like and it was horrible I remember you know thinking that all these romance stories and all these heroes were white people and they didn't exist for us all the heroes in my life were my maybe my family and they weren't that heroic (laughs) you know they weren't (laughs) making great decisions either and that's why I, I feel focusing on as an actor for anything if you just focus outside of yourself it makes things a lot easier you know yeah. it's not such a individual struggle you're doing it for community for the collective and that makes acting so much easier for me because you know how it is. If you feel like giving up or you're kind of doing a crap audition or whatnot, you're like, this isn't just for me. It's okay. I'm doing this. I'm doing this for all of us. I'm doing this for the next generation, you know? And even with the ageism and stuff, I, my Filipino family, oh, it's so funny. 
my mom, <laughs> she's like, Donna, what happens when you get old and you're not beautiful anymore? <laughs> she says, my friends tell me what happens when you get old, you're not going to work anymore. I'm like, mom, you know what? There's going to be a new generation of actors that's going to need me to play a grandma. <laughs> you know, you're 70. You barely look 50. Like, <laughs> you can play, like, 50. So that's yeah. the thing is focusing outside of yourself helps you thrive in this industry and helps you deal with so much and all the obstacles we face. What it's you just said, better. It's so, so important. People mm-hmm. will say to me, so how's retirement? No. Yeah. Who says? Yeah. It's like, you know, oh, it must be nice to be retired. I'm like, well, actually, this is reinvention number five for Mm -hmm. Mm me. And, you know, to your point about with creatives, whatever we do, we recreate. Yeah. We want to tell a story. Mm -hmm. We want to share our heart and our passion. Uh, with the world. And, you know, I love what you said. It's not about self. Mm-mm. It's Mm-mm. not about self. It's for that little girl that's watching TV that sees that girl looks like me. Mm-hmm. I could be a hero too. I could overcome the obstacles in the movie. Those romance stories exist for me. I hope to see in my lifetime that we'll be able to turn on a network. Like Netflix and see just what it's like in real life. Just all kinds of people (laughs) and all their stories. I want to know about your story, you know, growing up and Uh, like Asian kids are good in math. Yeah, (laughs) of course. Of course. All the stereotypes. Like I'm Filipino. So that's not my stereotype. My stereotype is like we play basketball and break dance and sing (laughs) and do karaoke (laughs) and whatnot. Um, I didn't do any of those things besides the karaoke (laughs) part. Yeah, me deciding to even be a singer in the Asian community. And and this goes for pretty much all of us Asians. Anything creative is pretty looked down upon. Unless you have some really cool parents, which they didn't really exist back then, you know, because their parents did the same thing to them. It's academia. You have to be academic. Doctor is the highest level. And even for the Filipino culture, even... They say that they're so focused on being successful that they think that being a doctor takes too long. So they're like, go be a nurse. That only takes four years. You'll make money quicker. And the whole point of also me being an actor and and trying to get at the level where I can be leads and show people that there is another way is to show those parents who might still be like that, that, oh, well, she's successful. Yeah, my kid could do it. Of course, a lot of Filipino parents or you know, Middle Eastern and North African parents aren't going to encourage their kids to go to acting school and spend all this money to invest in themselves if they haven't seen anyone be successful on TV to do it. But I want to be that example. So when my nieces or nephews are saying, hey, I want to do something creative, Auntie Donna's doing it, like, and their parents can't argue, like, yeah, I am doing it. So of course, if it's possible... And of you most certainly are doing it. Let's Thank talk you. about some of the stuff that you are definitely doing. <laughs> I was the first Filipino, full Filipino lead in a TV movie. And that happened like right after the pandemic. We were still wearing masks 
and being really careful on set. There was a COVID person running around with a hand sanitizer, <laughs> but that came off right after the pandemic. And that was in 2020. And since then I've done three more leads and there's other Filipino actresses that are leading these TV movies as well. So I'm hoping that the networks, the bigger networks and the bigger shows will follow suit in like handing someone like that looks like me, like a series reg or whatnot. It's, it's slowly coming about like beef is on Netflix and it's Asian led for no reason. Like there's no real story behind it. They do mention their, uh, their cultures here and there, but, they really could be could have been cast by like they could have been anyone. So I'm hoping there's going to be more of that, and I think there will be. Hopefully, hopefully sooner than later. <laughs> one of one of my favorite shows was Bridgerton, and what they did. Mm-hmm. Right? It didn't what, matter. Yeah, right? was, that's a fictional thing. Like something like that that you saw. It's like that's what it should be like, or that's the kind of opportunities that should be offered to everyone well the first one the first one that i ever noticed that that i thought maybe it was possible was tia career in wayne's world as a love interest you know a thai love interest she even spoke her language and she had an accent and everything and and she was a love interest for no reason which was really really inspiring and i think that kind of tweaked a what if in me because she was also a singer and she was amazing in that movie and it was funny and she was everything. And that was the first time I saw a dark skinned Asian, someone who looked remotely like me in a significant role. It blew my mind back then. And I remember, I, wait, year was that? I was in the nineties. I think it was early mid nineties or something like that. And then I didn't see another dark skinned Asian as a lead for forever. And then Lucy Liu came along finally. But I even ask people to, if we're having a conversation about representation and people say, oh, it's changed now. It's changed now. I said, name an A-list Asian actor. There's some now, but the last like four years, I'm like, name some. Name an A-list Filipino actor. Name an A-list Cambodian actor. Name an A-list Persian actor. Like, where are we? Where are they? (laughs) Who's not, why are they not getting chances? Why aren't people looking at them? And it's the stories and it's, it's, it just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. On that note, it's the stories. One of the movies that you were in uh, talked about the use of technology mm-hmm. and how we shouldn't be doing that in real life. <laughs> um, tell me more about how the projects that you choose enhance some of the political awareness, bring out truths. Oh, wow. Well, the whole conversation about the movie that you're referring to is called With Love in a Major Organ. And it was actually written, I like, I think it was eight to 10 years ago. And basically, every all the subject matter that was being written about back then for this movie is really, really in your face now. <laughs> it's really in your face now. Isn't about, it how the, how things will surface? Oh, yeah. You know, and realize how present it was oh so present and in in that movie in particular my character is obsessed i'm a supporting character supporting lead and 
my character is obsessed with social media, like which back then that was kind of like, oh, imagine being obsessed with social media. And now it's at the forefront of everything. Social media is at the forefront of everything. In that movie, apps kind of dictate your life. Apps will say, hey, maybe you should be getting married soon. It would say, hey, it's time to connect with your partner. Like it would be timed and everything like that. And I feel like we're pretty close to that happening in the next few years or so, especially with AI growing more intelligent. And oh man, the the AI that might be affecting our industry, I think it could be a good thing if there's a good balance, but like the facial replacement AI that are basically changing yeah. people's expressions. The first AI that I um, kind of noticed was back in 2016, and it was a program called Face Director. And so what happened in 2016, this is before AI, instead of doing 100 takes like some directors would do, they would do a few takes and move on. And then they would get this program that blends like three or four images from different takes and that actually blends into precise emotions and expressions. And that freaked me out. <laughs> I know this is 2016, right? So they're doing this all manually. And now in 2023, there is AI will do that instead of taking like a two week process, they, they could do that on the fly within like a day, a day. They'll do, um, they'll map your, your face as an actor. And this is happening in some of the series that are being shot here. Some of my friends are saying, oh, I didn't have to show up on set today because they took my face and put it on whoever's in the background. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So the one that there's one called True Sync and they use this in this movie from 2022 called Fall and they changed the language. Like instead of dubbing, they just use True Sync to change expressions and their lips. It's for- as in as S-Y-N-C. Yeah. True sync. True sync. Yeah. Wow. So I, there was examples of it on TikTok and it just blew my mind because it changes expression and language. And it's, it's a good dub. It's crazy. So in that sense, I mean, it saves a lot of productions time and, and money. money. Key, right. The key thing. And money. There's money right? and who gets screwed doesn't. Yeah. Because we're yeah. saving we're saving bucks here and taking shortcuts to that creative process that yep. only an actor, a human being can authentically present. And right. that's who you are. That's mm-hmm. what comes across, Donna, and why I was so drawn to meeting you and you on the show. Uh, so what's down the pike there? Hopefully AI is not going to re- replace us. <laughs> And the well, writers' you know, guild will be the writers' guild. The strike is going on. Is that having any effect in uh, in your your country? Uh, it, it is, but in Vancouver, there's a lot of already written TV movies that are yeah. that are shooting already here. in process. Yeah, yeah, they're already in process, and they have the, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of writers out here who pitch their stories that are already written stories. Okay. So I think it's it's the series that are suffering. Yeah. So. I mean, if you're if you're on a series, you might be feeling it. <laughs> but I'm I'm still auditioning for these. I'm still taping for these TV yeah. movies and and yeah. some series out here that already have episodes ready. Yeah. Well, it sounds so. like you're ready and raring to go. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to let you go. But thank you for giving 
your time and your talent and Aww. your beautiful smile. And oh, thanks I'm, for having me. I'm looking forward to seeing you on that screen and, and maybe we can meet up and celebrate and toast each other's success. Thank you. Ah, I would love that. Thank you so much. Vancouver is beautiful. It is. It's, it's expensive, beautiful. but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> Welcome to our world. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Donna. Thank you. Find out more about what Fran is up to. Go to her website at firstonlinewithfran.com. This program was produced by March Hair Media and recorded at We Chief Studio Productions. <laughs>